0: Welcome to the Kindness Warrior podcast. I'm your host, Carly Riggs. And today's episode is an awesome conversation that I had with Zach Sappenfield, who is one of our career solutions specialists at Down Syndrome of Louisville. Zach and I sat down just to chat about Career Solutions, what it is, what what is what the process is like, you know, how to get someone an individualized job, what it's like for an employer to have an, a person with a disability on their team. Lots of really great stuff um, in this conversation with Zach. So let's get to it. Enjoy, Zach Saffenfield.
1: You are listening to the Kindness Warrior Podcast. A Down Syndrome of Louisville production, serving locally, sharing globally.
0: So first, let's get to know you a little bit, Zach.
1: I've been working at Down Syndrome of Louisville for about five years now, all in career solutions. And before that, for about seven years, I was working in public education as in elementary schools. I did every kind of role. I was a classroom teacher. I was an aide, a little bit of subbing, and I worked at lots of different kinds of schools, too. Some were quite affluent. Some were a collection of small towns that barely had a stop sign. Um, Yeah, we saw a lot of there's a a big Somali population in Columbus. I worked with a lot of students from, you know, where English wasn't their second language. Had plenty of time with um, dealing with severe behaviors in some cases. So this
0: was in Columbus, Ohio?
1: it was around columbus ohio and a little bit um in northwest ohio near the michigan border and it's bowling Green, ohio
0: okay and and then and that's where you're from
1: yep um my family was from columbus everybody was originally from the south either texas or georgia and we all grew up in central ohio we all went to school in central ohio and then my family started moving around a lot and so now my dad is in California with his wife and the grandkids, and my brother's in Indianapolis. So,
0: did you used to live in Bardstown? I feel like I
1: heard you were in Bardstown. Bardstown. Yeah. Okay. And the summer I was down there, and I was applying for teaching jobs throughout Kentucky, and I did about ten different interviews, and nothing really worked out. I was working part time uh, making Jake's Country Sausage out of the Quick Stop One Hundred and Fifty in Bardstown, Kentucky. Um, and then my dad had a radio station. He had a short show in the mornings and he had a Facebook following and they had this big rally because they thought he'd gotten fired. Um, but he just, he, he wasn't, he just got, in, uh, he went on vacation. And my dad got in touch with Lisa French who worked at um, DSL and kind of explained what I was doing. And I was looking for a job and Lisa had me in and we interviewed and she told me about employment. And I said, well, I've had lots of different jobs before. I think I can do that. And the rest is history. We've always had, a, I've always liked the organization. That's what you kind of fall in love with. We have a great team. Um, I've never seen a company culture like what we enjoy with the employees and the members and the families um so it's been a great experience
0: yeah so the the rest is history almost you know the rest like, is history that's <laughs> yeah that's something that we talk about i feel like a lot at dsl it's like the the culture and and you have to have it in quotes you have to have it whatever that is but you know a lot of the team or all of the team i feel like you know we all have different backgrounds but but there's in 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 that it probably i would think is passion for what we do and passion for our members and for advocacy um, for our advocates. So on that note, what is Career Solutions?
1: So our program works with our members when they're done with high school. In our members' lives, there's a big drop-off after public education ends. And after your traditional four-year high school career, most people get a year or two of vocational training through their high school or through a program like Aaron's, um, there's a couple different programs that the state of Kentucky has that'll help give you job training. And so we meet people either when they're in high school and they come in for our pre-employment class, which has been suspended temporarily, or when they're adults and they either finish high school or maybe they've had a few years, or maybe they moved into town, and then they come talk to us. And what we can do is work with the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. They pay for this program. And we spend about two or three months getting to know an individual. And then we write a 10 to 15 page paper just about them, everything they're into, what they're good at, what they like, what they don't like. And then we sit down with everybody, the whole family, any friends or workers who know the member well. And we say, who do we know in town where this person can go work? Here are their skills, here are their interests, here's what they're good at. Um, Who do we know that we can sit down and have a meeting and talk about a customized position? Most of the time, our members aren't going to fit into the traditional jobs you find online or in newspapers. Um, But my job is to go in to a meeting with a manager and say, hey, this is where this person could fit in. They could do this and this over here. They could do this and this over here. They could work a couple days a week. Um, usually like for a four hour shift and make a contribution to your business. And if we can get to that meeting, there's a good chance I can get that person a job there. Mm -hmm. And by then we've already talked to managers. We've already felt what the company culture is like. um, And we've kind of made our own decision. Is this a place we want to work? And then if a hire is made, I help with all the onboarding stuff, the paperwork, drug test, background check, um, arranging transportation is always big, and we stay around for training to make sure that this person's working independently and they don't need any more help. And at that point, I kind of back off. I go and do a couple of monthly checks, stay in touch with managers, stay in touch with parents, and make sure that that person's doing okay. And then that can be their job for years to come. Um, Things always happen, like sometimes people are laid off. Sometimes people are illegally let let go. Um, But if everything's going well, then they can stay there for a really long time. And we've had people tenured for over 10 years at different businesses. That's wonderful.
0: So how many members do we have in individualized jobs right now at Down Center of Louisville?
1: we have about 60 people working in the city. And of those, I would say 40 to 45 are back at work. Um, some people never stopped during the pandemic. Um, some people aren't back yet because their families are a little bit concerned about them working in public where you are, you know, more likely to catch COVID. And some people's positions have kind of been suspended while, um, Businesses are trying to cut some costs or they may have reduced dining room area or just reduced staff. But we keep in touch with those people monthly and you know, see where they are, see if they wanna go back to work yet, see if the companies are ready to have people back to work yet. Um, but that's a big part of it is maintaining those relationships.
0: Absolutely, so um, can you give me some examples of, of some of the jobs that our members have out in the community right now?
1: I just saw a guy who his whole, he's at Goodwill on Southhurst Warren and his whole position is being there at the front, making sure everybody has hand sanitizer, all the baskets are cleaned off. And so that was unique since COVID came up. Um, I'm starting with somebody who's going to be in the toy department at Kohl's in Springhurst. She just got that position. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be very busy too. Um, she's going to be starting right around Black Friday. Um, so that'll keep her, you know busy throughout the holidays we have a few different people with the ymca they've been a good employer really it's all over the city and we pride ourselves on not sticking people in the same business just because we know they'll get hired that's something that happens in this industry one of my favorite um positions we got was at a kinder care on Zorn avenue um, this member just lit up when she, when she went in there and I was like, oh, this is what we need to be looking for, child care centers. And this manager really went a long way to get her hired. Um, and she's great at it. She helps out in the different rooms, but that's an example. Like, She's not back to work yet because they're just like DSL. They're under really tight restrictions about who can be in there, how many teachers, cleaning regimen, and that kind of thing.
0: So can you tell me a little bit about what... A natural support is and why those are important in the workplace
1: when you're going through your training you naturally you just make friends and most people you know come up just like anybody and you know start talking to a new co-worker and so those people can help from time to time our goal is to make sure that our worker is completely independent and they need help with nothing but you know things come up and um, sometimes everybody needs help. It's not a disability thing, right. but do you have somebody at work that you can go to when you do need help? Um, I'm running into that now because, you know, we're busy and we're putting a lot of people into new jobs. And so I had to reach out the other day and say, Hey, I'm need somebody to help me cover some shifts here. We have a few different people starting. Um, but just making sure you have that kind of support in place and that the person isn't like isolated or working in a bubble for some reason, that's really not an issue. Um, most of the time, we want to put somebody in a culture that we trust with a good manager. And so that kind of just develops naturally.
0: Yeah, the reason I asked that question is, is because, you know, it's definitely something that I mentioned to families who seem nervous about their child having an individualized job. You know, a lot of times they're, they're nervous that their kid will be left alone you know, or I shouldn't say kid, their, their kid, but their grown adult should, would be loved alone. Um, you know, but they, but a lot of times, a lot of parents, you know, when we have a lot of parents that listen to this podcast, like, they're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to trust that my, you know, I, they, they just feel so nervous about leaving their child somewhere mm-hmm. and their adult somewhere. Um, but you know, one of the things that I like to mention is that natural supports are always going to, even if their job coach happens to not be there, we make sure that they've got those natural supports and, the, and that that extra support within their their own team um, at work.
1: And what you described is every single parent.
0: Right, not just a disability, you
1: yeah. Know. No, 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 it's, it's everybody. And every parent I've talked to, um, that they're there's they're worried about it because this is and this is what i really think the value of career solutions lies this is the only thing they'll be doing in public independently without a worker without a parent or relative or you know a friend and it takes some getting used to um but we've had no issues you know like that come up really um there are issues with tark they were not job related i don't believe but that's it's going to happen at some point. We just yeah. have too many our
0: For anyone that doesn't live around here, TARC is our uh, public transportation.
1: Yeah, system. I'm sorry. That's uh, okay. <laughs> and we're, we're really lucky to have it. If you go to mm-hmm. a conference um, for the work we do, once somebody in a small town mentions transportation, everything mm-hmm. shuts down, and then everybody you know has their story about how much how many problems they have with transportation. But you know we're lucky to have a system like this, and we met with them and trying to make improvements. Um, that's always, that's always a big one. But insofar as people bothering somebody at work, I've never really heard of an incident like that
0: Mm -hmm. from everything I've heard from any, I mean, we've got 60 in the workplace right now, but I mean, through the years, we've had so many employers and the employers have nothing but amazing things to say about hiring our members. I mean, it's,
1: it's worked out well.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you walked us through exactly kind of like what the process is, but I wanna talk a little bit about, in, in detail about this meeting, this meeting that we have with, with um, the individual, their family, and any, any um, of the important people in their life because um, I've gotten to sit in in a couple of these meetings over the years and um, it's like my favorite thing.
1: <laughs> and it's literally <laughs> yeah.
0: like like an, the opposite of an IEP meeting. <laughs> Yeah, and I've and most parents t- end up crying hysterically because you you literally sit at a table and rave about all of the accomplishments of their child. <laughs> so, so kind of tell me about that.
1: The way that this whole thing is structured is a person positive approach. You never talk about what a person can't do. Um, they've just had enough of that in their lives, and there's no like in an IEP meeting. There's no. I guess unlike an IEP meeting, there's no structured like goal. Like you'll need to be able to do X, Y, and Z 80% of the time. And you know, all these, we talk about who this person is, what they like, and it's really well structured. When we can meet in person, we would set up um, big post-it charts all along one side of a wall and everybody would face that wall. And I'm up there writing um this is the person's interests these are their strengths this is what they like this is what they're good at and at the very end that's when we get to what kind of jobs would this person like and we have talked about what kind of environment they should be in standing or sitting um indoor or outdoor what you know what is going to work best for this person and At the end of that, it usually takes about an hour. I like to have some research materials out, like a couple laptops. You can look stuff up or your phone is perfectly fine. Because people will say, oh, I know this and this place. And you you take into account how close it is to the family home. Um, But if you can get that connection, that's kind of the key. And like I said, if you can get a meeting with a manager, there's a good chance we can work something out. But at the end of that, you have a list of businesses. And so your next step is to go and talk with them, try to set up a meeting. Um, We have some great marketing materials that the um, DSL supplied us with. And so it's really as simple as I'll go pick up our member. We'll have a folder with a resume in it, and we'll go in and try to talk to a manager, talk to a few of the employees, see, you know, what do you guys actually do here? And after you learn some of those tasks, you can start to say, well, this member can do that. No problem. Mm-hmm. They can do this and this and this. And that's how a job kind of customized. And um, in your training, they actually tell you not to take the member out to the business. Because when you meet with a manager, it's just too much pressure on them. Like, you know, you shouldn't put them through that. But if you don't take the member, you have no idea if they like it there or not. Mm-hmm. And so I always do that. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, well, that's silliness. So um, that's like the... Kindercare example, this woman's just like, she was so excited to see the room with the babies. And like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's like, well, oh, mm-hmm. this is what we need now. This right. The, yeah.
0: Even if this particular job doesn't work, like, we got to find something that is like this. That's like when I walked into Down Center of Louisville for the first time. I mean, I was mesmerized. I was completely mesmerized. I walked in, was like, this is the, It's. it was so, the energy was something. And the, I don't know, the color of the walls and the pictures on the wall. Like, I was just like, whoa. You know, I can't imagine not experiencing that, you know, and like doing a phone interview or something like that. It was such a huge part of why I, you know, why I chose to uh, leave my acting career and start working here.
1: Like my, my interview was one-on-one and then I had it with Lisa and I had a um, one-on-two with Lisa and Melissa, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And then... I really didn't get to meet anybody until my first day. And I went to the sublet and everybody was hanging out. There's probably 30 members in there, a handful of staff. And you sit down and all these personalities just kind of rush over you. And Mm -hmm. I'd already been chatted up by a few people and it was just like, it was amazing. And right then I fell in love with him. I was like, this is the coolest place, you know, to be. Yeah,
0: yeah, I completely agree. So let's say that we've got a listener that is interested they're like hey i have a business maybe i want to hire someone what should they
1: do they can get in touch with me um they can get in touch with my boss shelly we're very easy to find on the website um in our career solutions at the bottom of the page it'll give you a way to get in contact with shelly durbin we do this all the time Um, we can sit down We can talk about what's actually done at your business and we can talk about the jobs that our members can do and then in the future if we find somebody who you know might be good for that we can bring them in talk about it
0: um so what what does it look like for an employer so okay so let's say that I'm thinking about it maybe but it sounds like a lot of work and it's and you know i feel like that's sometimes the no that we get is like i don't have i i don't have time that sounds like a lot of work what would you say to that
1: i would say it's actually less work than hiring an employee in the traditional way um because you get an employment specialist with the person the whole time um we help with training we you know still want remember to be trained like anybody else but we're there to make sure they're performing Um, I've seen onboarding sessions with typical young adults, and it's disappointing a lot of times. It's disheartening. These people are not prepared. They're not dressed nicely. They're not paying attention. And I have to laugh because our members do so much better in interviews. They pay so much more attention. Um, I did an onboarding with Kroger once. Cause this guy really wanted to be a bagger at Kroger and he was working the hardest among all these typical peers in the whole group. It was, it was but he had me to guide him through it too.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: You, you, you get that extra help.
0: Yeah. So really?
1: Yeah. It's not much more work. It's actually less.
0: Okay. So like in the, in a perfect world, let's say it's a perfect world. And, and I actually have someone in mind that we can talk about and I got permission from them to discuss them. So in the perfect world, there the person is not even going to need is not going to ever need a job coach ever again. So I want to I want you to tell me about one of our recent success stories, which is Bailey. He's at Trinity in the um, works in the cafeteria. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. But Bailey no longer like no longer has no one has to go in and check on him anymore. Is that right?
1: I believe so. We've had we've had a couple um, instances of that. And on the one hand, it's great. You're independent now. You Mm -hmm. don't have um, somebody checking in on you. And we have processes for that. Usually people go from a couple of monthly checks to a quarterly check. And we've had a few instances where it just, you know, there's not the need for it anymore. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Um, That's a big personal milestone. We've also had it where the job has become so automatic there's just not a need for us and they they think that um they can use the units from the waiver elsewhere and that's Mm -hmm. that's okay every every situation's different
0: right i'm not yeah and of course some some folks i don't want to scare anyone some folks will always have a career solutions specialist available to them if needed but I know that recently one of our career solutions specialists wrote this gorgeous blog about Bailey because she was so proud of him and he didn't need her anymore. (laughs) It was kind of like this, like, almost like a graduation thing where she's like, I'm going to miss him so much, but he doesn't need my services anymore.
1: The benefit of having somebody available to you, even if it's minimal, is just in the event that something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, You have somebody who can get over there, hear everybody's side of the story. Work something out, and in some cases, save their job. Mm-hmm. That's why we do a lot of work with managers. We do a lot of work with managers just communicating effectively with our members. Mm-hmm. For managers now, it's tough, and people are very, very sensitive at work. not just our, not our members really, but you know, your typical employees. And so, managers are especially sensitive about talking to our members. And sometimes you're just like, I don't want to say something bad. They're right? so sweet. You know, and it's like, Uh, well, we have to treat them like a person, like you would treat anybody else. Sure. Um,
0: No one should get away with this type of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So um, that's actually my next question is, again, I'm trying to like cover, hopefully we'll have listeners all over. Maybe we've got some job coaches listening. Maybe we've got some um, at our business, we, we call you guys career solutions specialists, but some states call them job coaches, but... I'm wondering, like, what are a few things that you would say you get called in for sometimes and how do we find solutions to those things? I'm thinking like, you know, let's say a member is having trouble following directions.
1: Sure. Um, It's everything across the board. We've had instances where it's so simple. I don't want Bob going in the back of the store. And I look at Bob and I say, Bob, don't go in the back of the store. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Bob says, okay. And, <laughs> and there can be th- some, sometimes, you know, people are acting up and we just need a general reminder to say, look, you can't play with your phone at work. That's always a big one for everybody. Right. Typical peers too. Um, taking, you know, too long of a break. It's usually just little stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. If there's something big, you know, you get more people involved and you have a meeting and, you know, say, this is, what's expected of you we're trying to treat you like an adult this is a grown-up thing you're working they're paying you for it Mm -hmm. and we have to some people we have to tell like if you get fired we're gonna have to think a long time about getting you another job because Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah do we do visuals and lists and things like that
1: oh yeah most people have a task list that they work off of so phones are great you can have a list on there most of the time it's like a laminated thing that people kind of keep with them Alarms on phones are really good for letting you know how long your break should be, when to stop your shift, um, things, and they, they, uh, going back to the list, they can also have things like your clock in number, um, any other little information you need to have on hand.
0: So you've been certified. Can you tell me about all of your certifications and classes that you've done?
1: Yeah, um, Brianne and I both got into the leadership training because it provides the highest level of service. It does take about a year altogether, but it also lets us bill more and that helps bring in money for the program. But it also teaches you how to do the job really, really well and spend more time with the members. We have to spend at least 20 hours during discovery and then, you know, of course, writing the longer profile, which usually winds up being 15 pages, and then we both got the certified employment specialist professional test, which is pretty long. It's almost 200 questions. I want to say, and if you've been doing this for a while, it's not that hard. Um, there are some tricky, you know, parts to it, but it's a nice thing to have. You know, it shows like, you know, you're you're staying with this job. You want to do the best at it, and it definitely helps prepare you more. This is not a field where people stay terribly long for some reason. Um, I think it's because it's challenging. And I think it's because most of the programs in the state aren't as good as the one that DSL has. We've always had good people in it who were dedicated to what they were doing. But yeah, and we've continued to have members come through the system. And that's where the bigger DSL community um, plays a big part. If you've been coming to the teen and tweener programs that you host or you're just involved in the community, we'll start seeing you more in high school and start talking about your job when you're an adult. And that really makes a big difference because then, you know, we get to know somebody earlier. We get to know their personality and we get to know the stuff that we want to work on to get you employable. Um, And, you know, like I said, it's the unique challenge is everybody's different. Everybody has their own strengths. Everybody has the stuff that they're working on um, and the things that they're good at. So it's no two people are going to be the same.
0: So tell me about I know this is controversial, but I'm going to bring it up. We're edgy here. Sure. So tell me about why we, as a country, are moving away from workshops.
1: So the workshop, the sheltered workshop, if you don't know, is um, it's a place where you work, usually if you have a significant impact disability, and you would get paid usually per piece. So you would get paid a penny for every little baggie that you put screws into, and you can work for two weeks and earn $2 and 50 cents. Now this is implemented by FDR when he did the new deal to get more people involved in the workforce. So that was 80 years ago, roughly. And at the time it made sense, but these places still exist in our country. And if you work in our industry, it's kind of horrible. And we've had, you know, We know people who've been in them, and they've had regular jobs that are, you know, pay minimum wage at least, and they've had jobs like this. And it's heartbreaking because their sense of self-worth, my work for two weeks is worth $2.50 or whatever it is. It's it's subhuman. And if we're really, you know, going to do this equal rights thing in the United States, if you have a disability, that doesn't make you any less of a citizen, no matter what. Um so it's it's just I don't know, it's not it's not fair. It's not an equal protection under the law thing. So there's a there's a force to get rid of them, there's an effort, but they also exist. And um if you watch the right documentaries, you'll see that we consume products that have a hand in sheltered workshops. Mm-hmm. Um the counter argument that I've heard from people and I've had job development sessions where it's taken a year and a half for somebody to get a job. Their family was very, very patient, but this member was just very, very shy. And Mm -hmm. so even if she's talking to me and bouncing up and down and we're walking and she's, I'm so excited about this in an interview, she'd just be really quiet and kind of shut down. But there are organizations where they say, if you can't get somebody a job in three months, that's it. They're going to the workshop. And that's just, it's not fair. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, a, job development takes how long it takes it's not like discovery when you're just hanging out and having fun and you know kind of working together and you say okay it's been 20 hours or a few months let's wrap this up the job development part's a huge variable you don't know how long it's going to take yeah oh wow you're training somebody to do well in an interview and and speak up for themselves which is something we work on a lot and it's it's tough even our members who are really outgoing, if they're just meeting somebody for the first time and they haven't really warmed up to them yet, it's difficult for our members to you know speak about themselves and that's that's a lot of what I do I try to you know help with that So yeah it's it's tough to it's tough to know that shelters like that or the workshops like that still exist but they do
0: yeah and I mean you know let's if we're really looking at it, some of our current members that live in Indiana are still working in, in a workshop. And, you know, in another, another counter argument that I have heard is, you know, if their mom and dad are at work and they're, they go there, you know, they, at least they can earn a little bit mo- of money while they're hanging out with their friends. Now, again, I don't think that in most cases that that person would want to be doing that with their time if they had a choice. <laughs> they would probably yep. ha- want to have a job that they want, uh, doing something that they'd like to be doing.
1: You see, you see the need, though. I mean, not everybody has it as good as we do. Mm-hmm. There's, there's places out there where there is not a day program for them to go hang out and learn, or you know, mm-hmm. be with peers, and that's that may be the only option for them.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. There's also, so.
1: in, in the same vein, there's a lot of. A friend I reconnected with from high school had a business where he would disassemble computers and take the metals out of them and recycle them. And there's money in that, apparently. And he had an enclave, which is different than a workshop. He was paying everybody $15 an hour, but he hired people with autism because it's extremely focused you're mm-hmm. you know you are one with this little circuit board and you're taking it apart all day long and you have like a hundred people doing that and it's he was paying him like double minimum wage mm-hmm. but you're also not in a public setting right so
0: well and that's i feel like is kind of the difference because you know that's another thing that i've heard like well what's the difference between that and ford and it's like well in a workshop many times it's it's seen as training Mm. is that right that it's seen as training so that's how they get paid less how do they get why do they get paid so much less
1: it's it's a law you can get a waiver um saying that you're allowed to do this
0: oh and so
1: they they'll, they'll, (laughs) they'll say they're helping and it's job training but it can last forever
0: right right and then those people are never actually getting real jobs right individualized jobs right So, even though we're in the pandemic, you know, I'm hoping that our podcast is still, you know, everyone still listens to it years from now. Maybe they find us later. And, and all of our programs will be back at it. will be post-pandemic. All of our programs will be happening. And um, maybe someone will be listening to this. And I want to tell them about Pre-ETS. Sure. Yeah, let's let's hear about Pre-ETS. What does, first of all, what does it stand for?
1: Pre-ETS <laughs> is Pre-Employment Training Services. Okay. And... Our department made it, this was the answer to Jefferson County not having all the vocational training that they wanted. And so they reached out to providers and said, hey, you know, put together a proposal for a curriculum. And so we would meet after school from four to five, sometimes four to six. And back, you know, before pandemic, we could go out to different businesses, do tours, we could practice working in our building. We, but it was also self advocacy stuff, post secondary education options, um, workplace behavior, of course, problem solving, communication. We did lots of role playing. Uh, the members loved that,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: we. It was definitely an in person kind of session, and we were. We didn't like not having it or suspending it, but. Over virtual, it just wasn't going to have the same effect. We weren't sure. going to get the same um, as we do in person. But the class was really fun. And we would get, you know, between five and 10 people, I would say. But the outings were great. And, you know, we had no problem finding people who were willing to do tours, but it's also rush hour. So <laughs> after everybody gets there and you load everybody up in the bus and then you drive somewhere. You know you're talking two hours before you you know do your activity or take your tour and then come back to the building um for pickup but we did that tuesdays and thursdays it's totally free and it was a great way to get people started um down their path to whatever kind of job they were going to get.
0: yeah and a great way for you to get to know them too to start thinking about taking notes and thinking about what jobs would be great for them Is there anything else that you think the world needs to know about Career Solutions? What
1: you do? We love to meet new employers. So even if you have no idea what somebody with Down syndrome could do for you, give us a call. Get in touch with Shelly or myself and we'll set up a meeting and talk about it. Um, But that's how we assimilate into the public. We don't like putting people at the same businesses. It's not always going to be Goodwill or it's not always going to be a bagger. In fact, I think we only have one bagger, you know, the whole city. But that's how we get involved. And that's how, you know, we can make a difference in your business. It starts with that initial meeting and we go from there.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Zach, for joining me today. Thank you, Um Carly. You're good at this. Oh uh, hey, thanks. That is so nice. Um, speaking of, uh, we actually have a really cool parent education session that Zach and Brianna did for um, some of our parents virtually, and we snatched up the audio from it, and and that will be another episode of this podcast. So you'll you'll be hearing from Zach again. And do you want to tell us a little bit about what what that session is about?
1: Yeah, we at a conference um, we were talking about our program and some of the feedback we got was, okay, great. That's your program. That's how it works. What do we as parents need to do um, to help prepare our child? That's a great concept. Let's, let's talk about that. And so after doing some research, we realized that the parents who their children who become adults, but their kids who do chores together as a family together not you know you go do this but we're gonna go paint the fence together we're gonna go sweep the floor together those are the members who grow up and they have skills to bring to the table and they have a work ethic and so we we're exploring what research has been done on that and honestly there's it's blessed little there's very very little especially about American families but we started um, what we did learn was in rural communities when people are doing more work as a family and at home, those are the kids who are proud of the chores that they do. They're not whining. They're saying, I can do this and this and this. And here's how I help at, the, at home. And so that's what we're kind of talking about now, like how to engage your kids at a young age to work with you. Um, because those are the adults who are the most successful in the workplace. And it makes our lives a lot easier because these people are already used to working they have skills that they can bring to the table and they have a lot more to offer to employers so it kind of covers that and you know ways to go about doing that with your family but that was the answer to that you know that that question what can we do at home to prepare ourselves and the answer is chores do chores together and eventually you know as you progress through them you'll become competent you'll be doing them independently it's just like you learn anything else and it's such a basic concept
0: it's like chores, it, it kind of is like, huh. but you know, we do lots of life skills classes at Down Center of Louisville. And, mm-hmm. and one of the classes that I teach, you know, we, we cook once a month. And, um, and some of our members will look at me like I am Looney tunes when I tell them that it's time to do the dishes. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, we, d- we all do the dishes together. I'm not doing them by myself. Like we all nope. do the dishes. So there's some families who, and, and I feel like what happens is it's just easier for mom to do it or dad to do it. It's it's right. just easier. You're gonna make a mess. You're gonna do this. It's just easier for me to do it. But what happens is they don't ever learn how to do that. And and also like not only job skills, but we want we want if if if, if that is the level of if living on their own is the level of independence that we're we're trying to strive towards, then you got to start start that early. I I know a lot of, you know, new parents with toddlers, you know, one day she'll live on her own. It's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then right now you need to start making sure that they are able to do some of these things that will, um, because I I don't want to say it's too late for me to be teaching them as an adult, but (laughs) if they don't have that, you know, yeah. It, yeah, it is late. It is late to, to be like, oh yeah, they're a teenager, you know, they say, they keep saying that they want to get their own apartment, but I can't get them to help with the laundry, or they, you know, they won't right. help with the laundry or whatever. Um, it's, it's yeah, cultivating that as a youngin'.
1: And I think, if we're going to talk about controversial stuff, Carly, um, that, the living thing is the final, I mean, that's the next frontier. Um I know it's heavily regulated and we have DSL has like not a foot involved in it, but that's the biggest hurdle probably is training to live on your own and dealing with loneliness and doing your chores and, you know, avoiding boredom and avoiding things that can happen like, you know, overeating or, you know, whatever kind of stuff would happen to you if you're truly living on your own Mm -hmm. but i I want that for our members you know and um maybe in the future we'll get involved with it we'll see Mm -hmm.
0: yeah on our very first episode we had mark hubler and his family and um mark loves living on his own he's been on his own for gosh 30 years yeah i mean he's been on his own for you know his his all, all of his adult life um and he loves it, and he wouldn't have it any other way, but he does, he talks about loneliness a lot, and so we, that's something that we talk about a lot, like, what, you know, what are things that we can do to combat that, and, and that's actually something we've been talking about a lot in our virtual classes. Let's write down things that we have to look forward to. Let's talk about, let's make a bucket list of things that we can do. Let's not think about the things we can't do. Let's talk about the things we can do, and, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, and, shoot everybody needs that right now everybody oh yeah everybody so anyway zach you rock thank you so much for being here with me today and um hopefully after that awesome explanation of our next episode our listeners will hop on to that that education session too so thank you so much
1: thank you ma'am. this has been the kindness warrior podcast a down syndrome of louisville production To learn more about Down Syndrome of Louisville, visit our website, downsyndromeoflouisville.org. If you have questions or ideas, you can email us at kindnesswarriorpod at dsoflou.org. The music for this episode was written and performed by Alex Stotz and Owen Eiler. The Kindness Warrior podcast is produced and edited by Ethan Holstein, produced and hosted by Carly Riggs. Thank you so much for spending time with us today.